Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, where your hosts, Shay and Mariah, two intuitive business strategists exploring the intersection of entrepreneurship, spirituality, and the subconscious mind. All right. So in today's episode, we decided that we're going to I don't want to say backtrack a little bit, but kind of a little bit. So we've mentioned human design quite a few times in previous episodes. So we figured that we should probably start from the beginning because, you know, me and Shay love human design, but, you know, there are probably some of you that are like, what the fuck is human design? So we invited human design practitioner Neha Ja on the podcast to give us a little human design 101. So this conversation was super fun and like really informative. I feel like Neha was able to to break down the five human design types and profiles, which like it is a lot of information, but she breaks it down in a way that's like grounded and fun and also really empowering. Mm. Yeah, actually, I'm realizing as you were talking, I don't even know if we really talked about what human design is like at the highest level. It's so really quick. It's basically another tool, just like Myers-Briggs or astrology or Enneagram. You know, there's all of these tools out there that help us gain more self-awareness, right? And so human design is another tool and Neha goes into like the origins of it and how it all came together, which is a really fun part about this episode. Cause I think she's got like a really grounded perspective on it that I appreciated, but human design itself is just a tool to get clear about how you work. Um, you know, like for me, it was really helpful about how to manage my energy. I learned a lot, a lot of us, um, you know, there's maybe a lot of bits about you that you've always felt like, oh, I just don't fit in or the way I do things seems to be different than the way everybody else does things. And so for me, when I found human design, it made a lot of those pieces click of like, oh, this is how I am. And this is how I can really support myself. So as a tool, both Mariah and I, and a lot of people that we know in this online business space have gotten a lot of benefit out of human design. Yeah. I was going to say like, the I feel like entrepreneurs especially can benefit from learning about their human design profile. And like, there's a lot about your human design chart, but just learning your human design type and your profile, which is like the fun little numbers that you could see, just learning that, especially as an entrepreneur helps you, well, it's helped us kind of in like the decision-making process And it's been able to shine the light in ways that we use our energy. And like, to me, that has been insanely empowering because it's like, you know, I'm a generator. That's my human design type. And like, I'm meant to follow things that light me up. And it's like subconsciously, if you listen to previous episodes, you'll know that I feel like that's kind of my shtick is just like, I don't know. I just like do what I want. I guess like in curiously guided is essentially like that whole story of people getting curious and like doing what they want. And the fact that I get this permission slip of like, yeah, that's what generators are here to do. You follow what you like, what feels really yummy and you follow what really lights you up. And that's how you're able to continue to use this energy to like create your life's work. And like every type has like 
you know, their pros and I don't even want to say their cons, but like just, just things to be aware of. And I really like the examples that Neha gave, like she gave some celebrity examples and, you know, I don't really pay attention to too many celebrities, but it's like, we all know of these people. So it's just a really nice way to give a visualization to the information that she also gave. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's been about a week since we recorded. And one of the things that have stuck with me the most um, were those like real celebrity examples of the different types. That is what made it gel in my brain for me. And so like Mariah mentioned, Neha, this episode is packed with info. So don't feel like you have to pick it all up on the first time. Know that human design is really, really deep and you can go deep. But even if you just went on a little binge and picked up a couple of things from Neha, you know, it's enough to get you going and, and understand kind of the big concepts, which is really all you need. So don't, you know, I, we were blown away. Neha is like this just a well of wisdom and she's put together a really cool interesting business and we just we can't wait to have her back <laughs> we only got to talk about like half of the things we wanted to talk about with her because she is just so knowledgeable and like such a joy to listen to and you can really tell this lights her up which was very fun to see her kind of in her zone of genius and I learned a ton especially about what Mariah said like you know there are pros and cons to all of these profiles and I like the way that Neha described it the cons you know what negative sides it gives us an opportunity to shine light on some of our blind spots right so don't ever let any of this stuff derail you too much or like you know put you down or give you a negative mindset like it's all the way that she talks about it was so empowering and that's really what I took away from it was just this feeling of like wow you know this is so useful and helpful and I want more people to know about it yeah and I feel like as you listen to the human design profiles, like whether you know yours going into it or not, see if you can find the overlaps here and you're probably going to get a lot of aha moments. Like I feel like me and Shay kept interjecting with like our personal stories of like, oh my God, like this is so relatable for me. And then it's like me and Shay have different profiles. Shay's a projector. And you know, we were able to see the weavings of like why we work so well together. And then I was just getting just like aha moments for the people in my life. So like when I first found out about human design, I got my free chart and we linked to how to get that in the show notes. But I ended up getting my human design chart along with literally like six other people in my life looking at their charts and then like listening to Neha's explanation. I was like giggling to myself the entire time because like, oh, of course, like, of course that's it. Like, of course that's the overlap. So I think that it's a fun lens to not only self-reflect and like look at yourself and how you show up, but also get that perspective of the, of the other people in your life too. That's interesting. The relationships piece of this. I also know my best friend's type. I talk about that in the episode, my husband's type, Mariah's type. It does shine a lot of light on how you relate to people and work with people and how you guys can really serve each other and support each other. Um, it, it's just a fascinating tool. It's so insightful. Um, 
So she has put together this really cool business where she combines these um, expertise in astrology, human design, and energy work, and also just being a very um, skilled entrepreneur. Um, she is an inner work coach for business owners, coaches, and service providers. She says every healer needs a healer and will work together on a subconscious somatic level to work through patterns, blocks, and self-sabotage holding you back and embracing your next level of embodiment. Creating soulful success is so much more than just strategy. It's values, alignment, and energy. It's acknowledging how systemic harm contributes to your live experience. With astrology and human design, every step of the way will be unique to your energetic blueprint. If you're ready to increase your income, deepen your impact, and live your yummiest life, let's work together and create magic. So that's her bio. I like just it in and of itself is so juicy. Um, you know that Mariah and I are all about combining the subconscious with somatics. This was definitely an aligned conversation for all of us. And we are so excited to share it with you. So let's dive in. So I like to say astrology is your story. Human design is your strategy. Energy is the work. And I am your girl Neha. And I'm so, I'm so happy to be here today. Okay. I love that. Such a cool intro. And I like it because it's like, um, you know, just from taking a glance at your Instagram, I like am very clear about what you do. And like, I was like, check, yes, check, yes, check, yes. <laughs> Mariah and I, I would probably call us like hobbyists. You know, we are very interested in astrology. We are interested in human design. We're interested in energy work. Um, we have certainly been like playing with those toys ourselves, but I, I don't, I, I don't consider myself an expert by any means. And on the podcast, we're constantly dropping like, so in human design, you may have heard Mariah and I talk about Mariah is a generator or I'm a projector and we'll kind of drop those around and the same with astrology you know we'll talk about our signs and um, I'm triple water sign I think I read that you're Scorpio moon is that right. I am a Scorpio. Man. I do want to talk about that with you sometimes. <laughs> but um, so anyway, we're kind of dropping all these things all the time. We're learning about them as well. But our goal for this episode and having you on is to really kind of step back into that beginner's mind of what are these tools? How can we use them to empower us in our business? And then really your story of how did you put together this super cool business model? Because it definitely seems like you were tailoring it around, oh, this seems interesting. You know, I'm following my curiosity. I'm diving into things that spark joy in me. And now you've put together this really cool business that covers a lot of area, but makes total sense to me. Um, so maybe we could dive in there. Tell me about the journey. You know, like how did we bring these three cool things together? Yeah, so my family and I were from Nepal. And astrology was always like a part of the culture and like growing up, I was always drawn to like the mystical things like when the like the Panditjis, basically like the priests would talk about astrology or like, um, you know, like, for example, if someone's getting married there, like they'll make sure like the charts are aligned and the timing is aligned and like all these kind of things like even oh my in God, a, that's like, so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like just the norm. Not every family does it, but it, it's definitely a, a normal part of the culture. And so that's like how I was exposed to astrology just growing up. I was always intrigued. But then like growing up here in the States, 
like, especially as I got to middle school, like I would hear people be like, astrology is stupid. NASA said astrology is not real, all that kind of stuff. And I also really loved science. Like I just was always curious, always learning. So I was like, maybe astrology is fake. Um, and I couldn't tell, but then actually one day I, um, so a, a Nepali shaman or like a chakri stayed at our place and that got me really into astrology and I started Googling things and I was like 13 years old and I discovered my moon sign was Scorpio and I'm a Leo sun and like Leo and Scorpio, like if you just look at the, the base level descriptors are so different. Leo is like, we're bright and shiny and we love attention. We're ruled by the sun and like Scorpio moon. So it's considered a uh, moon in fall, meaning like this is a hard place typically for the moon to be in. And like this is 2009. So the internet is not as friendly as it is today with astrology. So it was like, you are dark and jealous and vindictive. I was like, what? But what it did do was kind of illuminate my shadow. So even like at 13 years old, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not as like intense as this thing is saying, but I'm like, Ooh, I have felt a lot of jealousy in my life. I have felt a lot of like, like just like darkness and like anger and like all these kind of like intense emotions that I maybe didn't like have a reason to put in. I was like, maybe it's just teenage angst or whatever, but seeing that I was like, whoa, this is like, there's something here. And honestly, like since then, I just like started studying it. I would look up people's birthdays, pull up their charts and just kind of see what I saw. In classic Scorpio form, I was like super secretive about it for so many years. And um, in human design, I'm a manifesting generator. It wasn't until like one day I had a friend in college who was just like one day she, she just decided, I am now into astrology. And I was just like, what? And I didn't know human design at this time, but basically this gave me something to respond to. And I was like, here's this thing that I know so much about. And that really started giving me permission to like start bringing out this like secret, a hobby I had for many years. Um, and then like when I was working in my job and all these things, I was just reading everyone's charts all the time. And it wasn't until like people were just like, Neha, you need to start a business. Stop reading my chart and go get paid for this. So basically another thing to respond to. Um, and so that is like why I started my business. Um, and I was like, I, I still didn't know human design at this time. Basically, I was like, uh-huh, okay, you've got a point here. Um, and then I started, like, I just randomly found a mentor. I, that's, that's the magical thing about, like, a generator aura is, like, you just draw things to you without even trying. So I, like, found, a, like, a tarot um, mentor who then, like, led me to my first business mentor. And she introduced me to human design. This was back in 2017. And um, when I started learning about human design, I was so burnt out. I was like so tired, exhausted. I remember my mentor telling us all about all, all the human design types. And I was like, are you sure I'm not a projector? Because you're telling them they're not here to work that hard. And I really want to be on that energy. Um, <laughs> what consistent energy are you talking about? 
Um, so that was like really my journey. But basically, since then, as I started learning more about human design, my sacral, and really seeing how like, if you don't use your sacral to do the things you truly enjoy, it will burn out over time, it will rebel against you, and you won't feel the energy that you have within you. Um, and so yeah, a lot of my journey was just like being really curious, being really drawn to the mystical, wanting to understand um, myself, the people around me, and just responding to things until it guided me to start a business. Yeah, wow. I, I love that story and like how deeply infused curiosity has been in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and in a previous episode, we kind of chatted about mine and Shay's journeys and like how we've gotten here. And it's, it's very similar in terms of like, Hmm, like, what is this? And just trusting the nudge to move forward and to like allow yourself to explore something. And then it's like, you realize that it just opens up these doors and these opportunities. Mm -hmm. so I, I, I really love the overlap there. Um, what I do want to ask before we dive deeper into this is like, I think that most people listening will probably know like the super basics about astrology because it's kind of a little bit more well-known. And I feel like, you know, with my, my friends in, in real life, like my, my human friends is what I want to call them. Everybody's human, but it's fine. Um, I feel like if I say astrology, they get it. But if I say human design, it's kind of like, what the fuck is that? Right. So can you give us like uh, the basics of like, what is human design? Yeah. So I like to say, I, I did say this earlier, but astrology is your story. So like, um, people know, like a lot of times they're big three, like their sun, moon rising or, um, things like that. Right. And what astrology is really great at is it tells you like your characteristics, like the character you're playing. It tells you, um, even like the characters in your life, it tells you your story, the timing. There's even different techniques where you can break down your whole life into chapters. It gets crazy. Human design, on the other hand, while it does also tell you what character you're playing, this is really telling you your strategy. Like, how does your character move through the world and do the things it does, do the things you do, right? Um, and astrology is really great for like seeing what's going on. And then human design is really great for things like decision-making, answering the question like, how do I do this? And honestly, a lot of times in human design, the answer is like, wait to respond or wait for something, um, like pause. It's so interesting how like counterintuitive it is to everything we've been like ingrained. Um, however, human design really just tells you the, the how, the strategy, and like the, the energy that you embody just by existing. Like, what are you doing without trying? Um, like the different roles you play is illuminated by your channels and like your approach is shown by your profile. There's so much to both human design and astrology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I heard somebody say it. It's like human design is how the strategy of using your energy, like how to use your energy in this life. And to me, for some reason, I was like, oh, okay, that makes like perfect sense. Yep. So yeah, I love how you work like the strategy piece into it. Um, I have a question. So I know that actually human design is astrology is a piece of human design, right? And human design actually pulls together quite a few 
philosophies, theories, thoughts on life into one system. Can you kind of, I love that you're into the science of everything too. I, Mariah and I are really down with like the data collecting. How, what is human design? You know, like how did it all come together? What, what was it created for? So the lore of human design. So here's the really important thing. Cause something I'm really mindful of is like culty energy. Yeah. I'm gonna just keep it real. Human design has a lot of culty energy in it. And I am very here for the discernment and the take what resonates, take what's good and please leave the rest and um, be mindful of, of that piece. The reason I say that is because so here's the origin of human design. So in like January 1987, there was this cosmic event, like a star died or a star was born, Some, something happened up in the cosmos. Uh, they don't really specify exactly what happened, but in that happening, a flood of light or neutrinos, light is like information, was flooded to the earth. Hello, here on earth. And in that moment, everyone who was alive at that time, everyone who was born afterwards received this light on like a collective unconscious level, right? And there was this man, uh, Ra Uruhu, aka um, his like real name is Alan Robert Krakauer. Apologize if I'm saying that wrong, but that is, uh, that is him. Uh, and I, I like to say that specifically because Rauru, who is like racially ambiguous, you're like, who is this man? Yeah. He's a he's a white Canadian guy. Uh, and he was in Ibiza, quite literally took a pill in Ibiza. And because he's a manifester type, he uh, manifestors are here to initiate, bring new things forward, um, you know, really come in with the fresh ideas, fresh insights. Sometimes I know. Oh, ironic, but not ironic. <laughs> yeah, not ironic at all, right? So he is literally taking a pill in a visa and channels this system uh, that is a synthesis of the I Ching from China the tree of life from the Kabbalah from Judaism, the chakra system from India, um, or like the Vedic tradition, and astrology. And astrology has roots all over the world. Um, um, specifically, like there's, there's multiple types of astrology. Um, in human design that we practice, mostly it's tropical, um, aka like the one that's commonly uh, practiced in the West. So it's a blend of those systems. And I guess like also quantum physics as well. And he basically over nine days channeled it from what he calls the voice. And apparently there's a lot of like mystery here. Um, but apparently other people also channeled it. It was just that Ra was the most aggressive <laughs> and the loudest and, uh, you know, Good at, good at marketing. <laughs> good at marketing, basically. Yes. So he did that and um, he really brought the system through. And it was like his lineage of human design as like the International School of Human Design or International Human Design School, something like that. I've never studied with them personally. Um, and yeah, that is like how human design came to be. Now there's so many layers to human design. So sometimes I want to be mindful of like, um, because of like the culty origin of it, because there were some suspicious things that he did. I don't know all the details, but, um, even just energetically, I can feel it. Uh, there was a lot of like, 
more and more layers to keep you keep you hooked on the human design juice. So I really want to say like stick to not just the basics, but but what pieces resonate, the fundamentals, and kind of grow from there with discernment. Um, especially like you know when it comes to like things like digestion or like the arrows, like those can be really useful. I use them for myself. However, they're like there's like questionable origins there. That was like a long story short, but that is the oh, origin. I am so, I'm so glad you said that. That is like confirming or validating for me, me being the researcher. When I first learned about human design, I found out my, I'm a projector. I found out my strategy. I have never felt so seen by a tool. Like I was just like, oh, wow, no wonder I've never been able to hustle like everybody else. Like, oh, I've always been, people invite me to things and like I wait for the invitation that's always worked for me so it felt so aligned and then me being the researcher I started reading all about it and like trying to find the books and the groups and I was like this is odd you know like the origin story I told Mariah I was like I think some dude was tripping in Ibiza and then (laughs) and then like the future if you go into like the predictions for the future it gets super odd as well but I don't want everyone to throw the baby out with the bathwater. just like all of this stuff I love what you're saying pay attention to what resonates with you the tool of human design has been transformational for me in growing my business for the way that I coach my clients it's often like one of the first things I'll ask for there is a lot of diamond in the weirdness and like definitely um we always try to encourage people have an open mind you know some of the stuff may sound a little out there but try it on for yourself and see like you know you might surprise yourself a lot of this and it's not just me like I'm assuming you two as well and like everyone in my group it really has been transformational and I hate that it has this like weird cult-like-ishness about it does that make any sense yeah yeah Yeah, I was going to say I had a similar experience. It was like, I kind of found out that I was a generator and like my profile was a one three. And I started looking into that and I was like, oh my God, this information is so grounded. Like it's so practical. It's so action-based, you know, me just being me, I'm just like, this feels so good for me. Like so many permission slips were given. Um, And then it's funny because when I tried to do my chart myself, I I thought that I was a projector because I put my time in wrong. And so the projector was like, you have to take naps. And I'm like, naps, I don't take naps. So I remember trying to force myself to take naps for a week. And then I randomly, like ironically, not ironically, hired somebody to read my chart. And she was like, honey, you're a generator. And I was like, I remember I was mad. I was triggered. And I was like, so I can't take naps. And then I sat there and I was like, no, this makes a hell of a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was going to say like, everything felt so grounded when I was looking at like the actual action-based things. But then I remember hearing the origin story and I was like, no fucking way. Like, no, no way. It's interesting how like, it sounds very fluffy when you hear about the origin story, but as you allow yourself to dive into the actual like tips and just like the the guidelines or like suggestions for your type, how like it it just it hits different. It really does. It really does. Oh my gosh! Like, like knowing that I have a sacral authority, I was like mind freaking blown. Like I 
my like that's helped me so much with decision making and I still sometimes get caught up in like oh what do I do and then I'm like wait let me ask myself yes and no questions and that's just so simple so actionable and it, it just keeps me grounded in my own body one of my favorite things about human design is like no one's decision making comes from the mind no one's even people who are like their type is called mental projector they're still here to like orient themselves to their environment like I have some mental projector like clients and friends and like one of them whenever she's like investing in things whenever she's doing things she like gets in alignment with the feng shui in her in her space in her room because her authority is deeply connected to how she feels in her environment um so many people have like sacral authority spleen authority like g-center the list goes on and on but no one's is the ajna or the head center aka the two mental centers in human design wow that's powerful that's kind of something we've talked about in almost every single episode of mariah and i's journey is going from people who were like floating heads with no body <laughs> to like, you know, trying to solve everything with the bind to, oh, there's a lot of wisdom going on. Um, that, so I had never really thought about it, but that's absolutely true in human design as well. I have splenic authority. And so there's like, man, I just love that. I love, um, I just heard this quote. I think it's a Ram Dass quote the other day. It was, let the body work out what the mind can't. And I think if we're talking about like programming, we are all just like very logic and use your brain. And this is the tool so much so that most of us identify with our mind alone, but there are so many other tools and ways to access wisdom. And a lot of times this can really hold us back. So it's so important to remember that. And I'm really grateful you pointed that out. Mm -hmm. Is there, Neha, before we dive even deeper can you go over just like the types in human design because yeah. we've kind of all word vomited what we are but maybe just like what the types are and kind of just like a super quick spiel about them yes yes so let's start out with the generators so the generators um so if you're a manifesting generator, you're also a generator type. I'll, I'll shout out to you in a minute because that's my type, but focusing just on the generators. So generators have a defined sacral, like that's the requirement to be a generator. And generators are really here to find satisfaction in their life through building towards something. So this could be in your work, in your personal life, um, just in your passion, your hobbies. You have this consistent amount of energy every day to, uh, to put towards things, to build towards things. Um, and as a generator, it's really important that you are engaging in things that you really enjoy. Otherwise, you're not going to be using your energy and that could either like lead to burnout or it could lead to restlessness and sleep. Oh, girl, night. can it. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and you're really here to build mastery over time. And the important thing with like all generator types, or if you've got a defined sacral, okay, my, also my manifesting generators, you're really here to respond to your world and what does that actually mean that just means like you're you need to engage openly with your world like what's going on in your world what's lighting you up in that if you have ideas note them down see what comes to you you have an open aura so when you note things down or um when something is for you you'll you'll like magnetize it into your life it's like that feeling of like when you learn a word and then like everywhere 
you hear the word everywhere all of a sudden and you're like what the heck like no one used this word yesterday but now everyone's using this word that kind of feeling and then you're you're here to be in tune with your body like if your energy rises or falls in response to things and when you like try and initiate and like do things without responding or engaging with your world like if you have an idea and then you just like create a program like launch it out into the world or something like that um what's happening is you're not giving your your sacral a chance to turn on so you're not actually tapping into all the energy that you have like that creative life force energy in your, in your aura, in your body to, um, to build, to create, to live a life that's satisfied. So that I'm is over here snapping. Like I'm over here like, um, yep, it me, it me. And it's funny because like the, um, the podcast episode that was just released, I think the one before this one, number 11, I was listening to it again and I heard myself say, yeah, but I feel like I have to, like things have to come in and I have to respond. And that's how I pick pick up my own clues. So it's like, I remember hearing about that. And then I was like, oh, like, is this really a thing? And of course I put it into like a scientific experiment of just like Mm -hmm. how I operate and how I'm getting the best results. And when I feel the best and like, I have never felt better like in the past like few years than like ever since I really started learning about this stuff because it was permission to show up in the way that I thought worked best but that didn't mix with the way that society wanted me to show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love what you said like two things really stood out like following the breadcrumbs like and following those clues and like experiment with it. Like that's really what human design is. It's like a tool for you to experiment with, especially if you're like a one, three, or you got a one or a three, or even a six in your profile, like test it out. Like, I don't know, it's, there's healthy skepticism in anything really. So um, experiment with it. And really quick, can you tell us, you know, there's a type, but then there's a number two. You just said like a one, three, I think I'm a two, four. So I think the big things to know with human design are like your type. Are you a generator, projector, blah, blah, blah. And then your profile numbers. Is that the right yes. word? Yeah. So profile is different. So I'll, I'll talk about that after I describe all the types. That's like your approach while like your type is like your vehicle, like oh, it, how your energy moving. So the next type is the manifester. So we kind of touched on that when I told the, the origin story of human design. Um, so the manifestors, okay, so also generators are about, pure generators are about 30 to 35% of the population. So manifestors, you're about 9% of the population. And you, unlike the generators, have a closed aura, meaning that your energy is kind of like, it keeps to yourself a little bit more. This does not mean you're not kind. It does not mean you're not friendly or warm or amazing. I have so many manifestors in my life who are like just incredible friends and amazing people. I think sometimes manifestor descriptions are like aggressive um, and like, oh, your aura is repelling. Like, oh my God, who wants to hear that? So that's not what that means. What it is though, is if you are here to bring through newness, freshness, really bring through new ideas, sometimes that people aren't even ready for, your aura kind of needs to be closed off because it needs to percolate. Things need to come through. And it's like, you can't just be like throwing these new ideas everywhere, um, right? 
it's like you got to you got to let it percolate in yourself before you go off and share it with the whole wide world. And so your aura is closed off because you're bringing through new information, new insights, new like initiating new happenings for the world. And so with your closed aura, your strategy is to inform because this is a thing. Maybe many many manifestors and many gens might resonate with this. It's like, because your aura is a little closed off when you're a kid or when you're growing up, people often like try to control you or box you in because your aura is closed off. They're like, you're so unpredictable or you're so like, we got to control. You got to keep you under wraps. And so you have this magnificent power to like express yourself, to initiate, to bring through new things. However, most manifestors have to really decondition and unlearn um, like this, that it's safe for you to express yourself. It's safe for you to initiate. It's safe for you to be fresh, be new. And what will really help there is your strategy, which is to inform. Because basically what that's doing is that's creating a window of like opening in your aura for you to connect with people and for other people to know what you are up to because then they can get out of your freaking way then they won't try to control you oh okay oh you want to do that oh like if like someone's in a partnership and your husband's like what the freak is my partner up to and you're like oh i'm i, I want to create a new business and i'm still percolating but i'm just keeping you in the loop with what's going on uh, and, you know, it's not permission asking. It is not like, oh, I, I want to start a business. Is that okay? No, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a business, period. Um, and I'm informing you of where I'm at. And that helps people get out of your way. It helps people not control you more. Sometimes manifestors are like really angry, like they have to inform. It's like, it seems like an inconvenience or like an extra step. And I always like to say, like, experiment with it. Don't inform and then inform. See what happens happens um and yeah the manifestors you're yeah you're here to initiate new things so like life will initiate you and something that's important is you are an energy type and that you you have energy with, that's consistent to you but it's not from the defined sacral and so manifestors be mindful of like you work best in spurts instead of like trying to work like nine to five every single day um kind of similar to the projector you have that undefined sacral and so yeah you work best in spurts and so that's important for my manifestors oh my god that's so fun i don't think that i know any manifestors but i also haven't looked up every human being that i'm surrounded with just yet <laughs> so maybe i will have a friend that's a manifester I know, I know too. My mom's a manifester. And when I learned that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I was always trying to predict what she was going to do when I was growing up. And I was, I was like, oh, because of her closed aura. Um, I love that. So the manifestor strategy is to inform. The generator strategy mm -hmm. is to wait and respond, right? And then there's kind of one that's a hybrid of the two, a Manny Jin, and that's you. That is me, the manifesting generator. So the important thing for the manifesting generators is you are primarily a generator type because your type dictates your aura. And so just like the generator, you have the open aura that draws things to you. Um, you're here to respond and you're here to inform. But here's where it's a little bit different. You might have resonated with pieces of what I shared about the manifester if you're a mini gen, and you might have resonated with a lot of the generator things. 
what's different about the hybrid type, aka the manifesting generators, is like pure generator types are really here for like mastery, like for building something like long term. And it's not that manifesting generators, you're not here to like not master things. What it is, is you're here to innovate and you're here to like juggle multiple things at once. Like I will just tell you as a manifesting generator, I remember like 2019, I was in school. I started my business. I had a part-time job. I had a social life and like I hung out with my family. What in the world? Like, how did I do that? I'm not sure. It's just, and I, I love that. Uh, I miss 2019 pre-pandemic life, but um, I was really like doing all the things. And yeah, while well, sometimes I did need to like some introverted time to like take a step back and I was like, leave you alone. However, doing all the things was really rewarding for me. Um, we like having multiple projects running at once or multiple things happening in our life um, because the manifesting generators, we're here to engage with the world, we're here to respond, but we're also here to pivot a lot. Something that the manifesting generators have is a moment of truth where they say yes to something and then they start taking the first initial steps. And then it'll be like, Ooh, taking the first steps and then yeah hell yeah this is definitely for me and then you like keep going and then you commit to it and you either follow it through or you keep going until you're complete and you delegate the rest right because sometimes you don't finish everything that you start you skip a lot of steps manifesting generator so when mercury goes retrograde you have to go back and like dot the i's line the t's all that kind of stuff um or you'll say yes to something, you'll start taking the first couple steps and it's like, ooh, something needs to course correct. Something needs to change here before like we can fully commit and move forward. It'll be like, ooh, I wanna go on a girl's trip to Iceland. Oh, and then you start looking at flights and it's like, ooh, just kidding, can't go then. Like gotta go like at this point or like you'll start a project like, ooh, I'm gonna launch a podcast. Yeah, let's go. And then it's like, Ooh, okay. Never mind. I need to, I need to like shift some things for me to actually be committed to this project. Oh, I, I can't do it like that. I need to do season. Okay. Something needs to change. Course correct. Or you'll start taking the first couple steps and be like, yeah. And then you'll be like, no, actually, no, this is not for me. <laughs> um, and so with that, a lot of times managers will judge themselves. I'm so flaky. What am I doing? Ugh. But this is where you're here to inform. You're not here to inform in the way the manifestors are because they have a closed aura and they have to inform about like all the, not every single move they're making, but for a majority of the time so people can get out of their way. For the manifesting generators, you've got to inform because you're here to pivot. And when you don't inform, other people's not going to know what's going on. And you're going to be like, ah, I said yes to too many things. Um, and so you really want to do a lot of things, but do a lot of things that resonate with you um, and let yourself like pivot and change your mind and do things differently because you're really here to innovate. So that is the hybrid type, the manifesting generator. Yeah, I love that. I resonate so much with that. I feel like they're like, I'm, ju I'm just thinking like most of the people around me in my day-to-day -day life, I think are manifesting generators. And I remember learning about them and like Andrew, my boyfriend is one. And then my really good friend, Corey is one. And I remember telling them that, that like, you're meant to pick things up and put things down. Like you're meant to pivot and like follow what feels good. And I remember both of them were like, 
wait, really? Like, I always thought that like, there was something wrong with me because like, I feel like I couldn't follow through on things. So yeah, I love that reflection and just, it's, it's that permission slip that we didn't even need, but we kind of needed. Right. Oh, I love that, Mariah. And I really like what you said, Neha, at the beginning of, you know, like a lot of these tools, when you look it up, you may find like something bad, you know, like something negative. And um, I, I like the way that you're phrasing all of this is really these are meant to help us shine light on us. And what I'm noticing is a theme, you know, I had my own projector like aha of, oh, this has always been so hard for me. And the rest of society has told me that it shouldn't be. And so I think the power of learning these things is you can kind of expose some of the conditioning that we've gotten. Like how many times have you got the advice, do one thing, focus on one thing at once and stick till it, till it it finishes. That's okay for some people. I'm sure it works, but then all the managers out there are like, what's wrong with my brain? Like, I remember eight-year-old me, I was like, I'm going to be an actress, a brain surgeon, uh, like a haircut person at the salon place. Like, uh, I'm going to also be an inventor and save the world. Like, you could not put me in a box if you tried. And that's wonderful, right? So that's the beauty of this is we can really like empower the things within us that are really superpowers instead of like beating ourselves up about them. Um, okay, so I have a question. You know, you mentioned... Uh, manifestors are like 9% of the population. Generators, you said, are about 30. Are managens included in that? Are they like, how? what percentage are they? Yeah. So they're also about 30 to 35%. Okay. So if you put the generators and the managens together, so all the generator, that's about 70% of our population. So oh, wow. most people are going to be generators or managens. Um Yes. So that's like a majority of the population. Um, so that's why you'll see a lot of content geared towards generators and many gens when you look at like human design stuff. Um, something I really, really want to say is like in the origin of human design and the, oh gosh, there's some things I've read that have been said that are so problematic to me. It's like generators, you're here to work. Bitch, I am not here to work. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like, I agree, girl. <laughs> I do not exist to put output out. Like, get out of here. That's why I like to say, like, you're here for satisfaction. You're here, like, either to like, you could, you could just have hobbies, right? And, um, and just like your work could just be like a regular job, but. You could be a generator type who gets a lot of satisfaction from their hobbies and they just want to have a job that gives them enough money for them to live their best life, you know, and it's like, you don't have to have a crazy business or a crazy career. I mean, you totally can. And even if you're having like a wildly successful career or life, I'm like, work-life balance, baby, like, or just like, there's other things in life besides working. I think that's just internalized capitalism. There was some like a document I read of like a like a talk about Uruhu gave where he called generators the slaves of the world. And I was like, shut the freak up, man. Like, 
bro, like you sh shut your mouth. Uh, and that's why I feel like there's a lot of like people of color um, or like astrologers that I know who are people of color who are like, yeah, human design gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like human design seems like internalized capitalism. Um, human design just seems like a problematic box. And I'm like, no, there's, there's good things in here. Like what you said, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But yeah, anyways, I had to say that ranting moment. <laughs> I'm so glad you did because it reminds me of something you said at the beginning of even if you do have defined sacral, which means you have a lot of energy naturally, it doesn't mean you have to go. I think the messaging, and that's certainly what I got, was they're the worker bees. They're the worker bees. They can just right. work forever. But what you said was, I still got burnt out. You know, I, even though oh. I have all this energy, I'm still burnt out. And then what? It's kind of like, this doesn't make sense. And so what you're saying is if that energy is not focused into something that feels aligned and nourishing for you, it's going to end in burnout no matter what. And I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Any type can get burnt out. I have like three energy centers in my chart and I was burnt the hell out. Like, um, we get permission to be human. Like I'm all about putting the human in human design. You know oh, what I mean? That's good. Um, <laughs> well, speak, let's talk about them to people who have low energy um, projectors. Yes. Tell me about them. That's me and like almost everybody I know weirdly. <laughs> yeah, there's so many projectors in like the coaching space. So projectors are about 19 to 20% of the population. And projectors are actually the newest human design type. Um, according to human design lore, they came to be in about 1781. And projectors are, so are described to be like the new leaders, the new style of leadership. And it does not mean all projectors are amazing leaders naturally. Um, however, they have the natural blueprint to be that. And the reason is projectors Okay, if you're a projector, you're automatically going to have an open sacral center, um, and then you're not going to have a motor to your throat. Um, you can still, there are multiple types of projector. They're like the most diverse type. Um, they have the most types of authorities, all the, all the things. Anyways, coming back to the point, being someone with an undefined sacral, projectors have this natural uh, observation around sacral themes, which is like how people use their energy, um, how people can use their energy more efficiently, are people enjoying the ways they're using their energy. Um, and so, so many like coaches I know are really amazing uh, or are projectors because they're really great at helping people like refine how they're using their energy, um, kind of helping make tweaks, cure energy leaks, but also projectors with their wisdom, Projectors have a cone-shaped aura. Um, so projectors' auras, y'all are really observant. Y'all really uh, um, can hone in on details. You can see things systematically. You can see things like um, kind of beyond, behind the veil a little bit and like see what's going on, see how the energy is moving. Um, you know, when your friends are probably like, even before if you, you knew you were a projector, your friends have probably like go to you for advice and like you could, you could see what's going on, like what the deeper problem is. 
And that is why you got to wait for an invitation or a moment of recognition because your aura is so focused. You can see so much. You really can systemize things. You can see like what, what problems there are in the energetics or like what's going on with the energetics kind of behind the veil. If you go off spewing all your wisdom and your observations, it's that feeling of if someone gives you unsolicited, unsolicited advice, excuse me, why do you just read me like that? Uh, excuse me, did I ask? All right. And then the projector is like, okay, but like, I could really help you here. And the projector <laughs> is not heard. And then they're like, so bitter. They're like, no one hears me. No one sees me. I am so freaking insightful. Um, and if they're, if they, you might not know that you're insightful, but you are. And it's like, um, or you might start to really doubt yourself. Like, am I even insightful? Like, what am I good at? And so you're really here to be a natural guide, a leader, a coach, um, you know, a visionary. I mean, you could also put in work like Taylor Swift. She is a uh, projector. Gary Vee, a projector. Ariana Grande, a projector. Like, for example, Gary Vee, people are surprised he's a projector. Yeah, they're like, I didn't what know that. About? Yeah. He, he's over here, uh, like, doing hustle, all the things. Hustle, hustle. All the <laughs> but what he's doing is he's taking his undefined sacral. He's amplifying the energy of the people around him. So, like, all the sacral energy from, like, the generators around him he's taking that in amplifying it go 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 and what is his job people are asking him questions and he's giving them really quick advice insights so he's getting an invitation from them existing they're like gary v um i'm a 14 year old entrepreneur sos like what do i do what advice do you have i'm 27 what advice do you have like this is my situation what advice do i have he's here he's splenic authority just like you and so he's making these like quick investment decisions, like quick, like I think splenic projectors are honestly marketing geniuses. Um, not all projectors have to be that, of course, but your Gary Vee is like a really amazing illustration of that because that's literally what he does all day long. It's like gives people quick insight once he has permission to, and then people are like, Gary Vee changed my life. Or some people are like, I hate Gary Vee, right? And that's fine. People can have their own feelings on what, what insight is coming through. Not every insight is for you, right? Not every person is for you. However, that's how the projector aura and energy works is you're able to see beyond give really focused insight. So when you wait for it, it doesn't have to be like a RSVP, yes, invitation it can be a moment of recognition. Like when someone looks over at you or when there's an energetic opening where you're like, ooh, I feel like this is my place to say something here. Um, and yeah, so that is the projector magic and projector aura. Very shy. It's very shy. <laughs> And I love Gary Vee and I didn't know that. So you got me like so encouraged. I loved hearing yes. that. Um, <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk for y'all, if you don't know. Um, so, you know, it's so funny. I, a lot of ideas around consent pop up for me around being a projector. Mm -hmm. My best friend and I, you know, childhood, we're both projectors. I didn't know this until recently, but I would say like most of our conversations growing up are some version of... <laughs> So and so, here's what they need to do, and they're not listening. You know, it's done. It's so obvious. And her and I always shared that. Oh, people just can't see the big picture like we can. And why don't they listen to us? And so that was for me when I learned about human design. Oh, people need to ask. They have to be ready for it. And like you can see things that 
maybe people don't want you to see it. Like you maybe not be welcome yeah. to like, it, it's piercing. I heard that the aura is like piercing, you know? So yeah. kind of just the awareness around like, Hey, what you see, some people are ready for it. Some people aren't. So I kind of feel like Gary Vee, you know, I can be repelling to some people are too much. And, but I have my people that love it and I have to find them, you know, and not get too beat up by people that may not be ready for it yet. So that was just so empowering for me. And it, it made so many things click about my relationships and how I've always, you know, worked with people. I love that. Yeah, I love using Gary Vee as an example because a lot of times people don't expect it. And I'm like, projectors can do a lot. You are not limited by, you know, oh, you're here to, you know, take naps, which I love my naps, right? But I know, was so you- triggered by that. I was like, <laughs> oh, naps. <laughs> right. You can take a nap no matter what your type is. Um, and like, you could do whatever the hell you want. Like, Taylor Swift is out here, you know. Um, you know, before the pandemic, she was like on tours, like all the time, like performing, right? And there's like, you know, if I was Taylor Swift's coach, there would be things I would say for like energy management and like mindfulness. Because the other thing was, uh, if you've got an open sacral, because you can amplify the sacral energy, whenever you've got an undefined or open center in your human design chart, whatever the themes of that center are, you can take in that energy from around you and like make it more. So like I have an open solar plexus, so I can take in people's emotions and like be overly emotional. Like growing up, I'm like, damn, some of those feelings weren't even mine this whole time the hell like and so reframing the way I saw things so with a projector sometimes you can take in people's sacral energy and like really like be so energized and like go home be in your own energy and you're like extra tired because you've been running on other people's energy instead of like having proper boundaries around that so that's something else I'd be mindful of as a projector Oh yeah. Very fun. Especially with the way that me and Shay work. Like sometimes we'll be on zoom and I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And she's like, yeah, I feel really good. And then maybe like a day later, she's like, I'm going to need a few more days to sit with this. And then I will <laughs> let you know how I feel. And yeah, it's, it's so, it's so funny just knowing like our dynamic and how we kind of help and serve and balance each other. Like it's just, yeah. Human design just allows us to put words to the dynamics that we kind of already feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the the last one? I heard reflectors, I think, are the last one, and they're only like 1% of the population, right? Yes. Yes. So reflectors. So when you pull up a human design chart, you might notice like you have centers defined, like AK colored in in your chart and they like connect with other centers. Okay, if you're a reflector, you're gonna pull up your chart and none of your centers are gonna be defined. AKA your whole chart is like not gonna be colored in besides like the little gates and stuff. So what does that mean? means you're a really open being. As a reflector, you're about 1% of the population and your aura is Teflon, like um, kind of like, what's that saran wrap like that? You're, because you're so open, your aura comes with this natural protection shield of a Teflon. And what you're here to do is sample what life on earth is like, like really take in a lot of energy like life is like your fitting room like like your dressing room like life is your tapas bar where you're like trying all these different things and you're reflecting back your experience your um 
your your take on things and you are really connected to the moon so it's really important if you're a reflector like my number one piece of advice is track the moon's transits because that will be really important to you if you're making a big life decision you actually need 28 days aka a whole moon cycle to process this because what happens is as the moon is going through all 12 signs of the zodiac so this is where astrology comes in as as the moon is making its orbit around the earth and hitting all 12 signs it's also hitting all 64 gates in human design and that's like activating different parts of your chart and so you're able to reflect on things from all these different angles and then you come to a conclusion naturally it's also important for you to talk through things um, and process things um and have things reflected to you, reflect them back. Um, and also you are really tied into like the collective unconscious or even like your community, community's energy. So if your community is really unhealthy, like you will fuck that or like you'll really pick up on that really strongly. If the, the community is healthy, you'll also pick up on that and reflect that back. You have a lot of insight and reflections on like what's going on in your community with your people. Um, a amazing example of a reflector is Ama, the hugging guru. So she is a reflector and um, like, I don't know what she's doing now that there's a pandemic going, but before the pandemic, her job, her role was traveling the world and healing people through hugs, like, um, and just like meeting all sorts of people, like having these events, like these sermons, um, and hugging a bunch of people and people would experience like healing and just like such a profound experience and just being connected with her. Um, so that's like an example of a reflector, uh, and like really like going around the world, sampling all these energies, having your aura naturally protect you and really reflecting back what people need to see to them. Another example of a reflector. So he might be a projector. I'm not sure. We don't know his confirmed birth time as Michael Jackson. Um, and so he could be a projector, which like a really open projector, which would also have a very open aura or like a really open energy that's really impacted by other people, or he might be a reflector, but the way Michael Jackson really reflected the, the health of the music industry, like he was so talented, so amazing, but really impacted by, um, the people around him and, um, kind of like the problems that were going on there. And he might've been a reflection of that. Um, or as a projector, projectors are actually can be more sensitive than reflectors because they don't have the Teflon aura piece. Or if you have a really open chart, generally speaking, like if you only have a couple centers to find. But yeah, that's how the reflectors work. They're really here to try lots of things out. Also, like in your openness, you're here to be surprised and delighted. Like your not self theme or like your, ooh, I'm not in alignment theme is like disappointment. Like, oh, I'm just so disappointed in life and people. Like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, like with humanity. Like, oh, is there even hope kind of energy? But then when you are, in alignment or really tune into like the yummy parts of being a reflector or just you know being open you're able to be surprised and delighted like oh my gosh this is so delightful like wow people are really surprising me oh my gosh I have hope in humanity people are so surprising in the best ways like that kind of energy so that is the reflector type
I love your breakdown of that. I feel like I never quite understood, I guess, like the difference between reflectors and projectors. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those, it just like, especially like that Teflon thing gave me like a really beautiful visualization of just like, <clears throat> like a translucent, like bubble type thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think we were going to dive into the type no not the types the well, numbers. Let, me, let me pop in i i set us up for that but as we've gone through this i've kind of been realizing human design is so multifaceted more than i realized you know so we just went through our types but then in each type has um like a not self theme projectors is bitterness and then you know we have strategies within each type and you have your authority and then there's also the profile with the numbers which i brought up and then neha even talked about you know like there's arrows and the 64 gates. So I'm like realizing yeah. there's no way we're ever going to get into all of this. So if you, if we're piquing your interest here, Neha, how would you recommend people like dive in and learn more? Yeah. So whenever I teach, um, like I have this masterclass I'll do for different masterminds or different courses, and it's like human design for client work, right? So a, a lot of people I work with work with clients. And I always like to say, you are your number one client. Like, so even if you don't work with people, this is a great masterclass for you. And I start each class off with talking about the profiles actually, because they are your- approach yeah and so even what it's your approach with learning human design it's your approach with like doing life doing business um you know exploring love and dating and stuff all the things so just to kind of touch on what the profile line is is if you pull up your human design chart it'll it, you'll have these two numbers it'll say something like six two two four one three or five two something like that and the first number that you have so you know if it's a five two the number five if you are a two four it's the number two if you're a one three it's the one so whatever that first number is that is your conscious number so even in human design there's a conscious and an unconscious side of the chart and um on the conscious side, whatever your first number is, that's going to be an approach that you're really aware of. Like um, if you're one three, like Mariah is, that number one, you really want to know, it's called the investigator, because you want to know all the things and gather a lot of information to create a solid foundation where you feel safe to build upon. You're like, okay, this human design, okay, new thing. Okay, let me read all about it so that I have, I know enough to feel safe in this, right? If your first number is a number two, it's called the hermit or the natural. So I have this unconsciously, but like, um, I'm Shay, you have this, you have a two um, on your conscious number. You're naturally talented at things. And uh, you like, even if you're extroverted, you need to have alone time to like be with yourself and like hermit, nerd out, just be in your own energy, explore whatever you wanna explore. And you're really here to trust the call. Like, what are you called to? Like, what's naturally drawing you about a certain topic or a certain thing? And you go there and sometimes you know things and you don't know how you know them, you just know them. You're like, and then other people will be like, damn, that's ta you're talented, okay? And they'll call you out, like come out of your hermit cave and share that. And that's where you follow your authority. Of like, do I, wanna, do I wanna come out and share this or do I not? Um, and so that is the number two. 
really, really quick. Just like those are both of our conscious numbers and the words that you use to describe both of us, we have said ourselves, like my thing in business, like what I help my clients with is like creating a sustainable foundation. And like, (laughs) I remember uh, me and Shay were taught, maybe it was like a few months ago. And she was like, I I think you kept using the word like my calling, my calling, like something Mm -hmm. about my calling. And like, you just saying that, it makes me... (laughs) It makes me laugh. Like, of course, those are the words that we chose. Yes, this is why my human design and astrology course is called of fucking course, because that's me whenever I read someone's chart or whenever I'm like telling someone about themselves, they're like, oh, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the number two and one and two. And this is why I start with the profiles when I go in the masterclass. Cause I'm like, this is your approach to things. Like this is something that's so foundational to like how you do things. So if you've got a three in your profile, um, if you've got a three, it's, it's called the martyr, but I throw that name out. I call this like the experimenter or the scientist but like life is your laboratory. So um, I know Mariah, you have this unconsciously. And so, okay, I'll explain the unconscious part. I'm gonna go through all the numbers really quickly. So number three is the experimenter because you're here to trial and error in life and like make mistakes, quote unquote, uh, have failures, quote unquote, but also have successes and like do things and like collect data. So like as a one, three, like putting those together, it's the investigator and the scientist basically. So you're really here to like gather a lot of data, gather a wealth of experience and like build from that. And like, be like, I did this, so you don't have to. Um, I made all these mistakes. So let me tell you what I learned and help you so you can shortcut your way through the process. So the three line, yeah, is really, is like, wants to be in the thick of it, wants to experiment, wants to trial and error, collecting data, gathering a wealth of experience so that you have data like from your lived life, not just like theoretical data. And like, I like to say the three line, you don't learn not to touch a hot stove by being told, don't touch the hot stove. You touch the hot stove and you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't touch that again. That was really hot. Um, so that Amen. is the, three line. <laughs> the four line is called the opportunist or it's a natural um networker so the opportunist is all about like creating social connections and seeing the opportunities that are born from that so um it's not just that you're trying to like snake out every opportunity you can find. It's just through connecting with people. Four lines are really great at like friendship or creating like a we identity. Like, oh, let's let's get together and do this. Or, oh, let's have like a networking event. Or, oh, like let me connect with people and um, see what opportunities are born out of that. Like the four line is so driven by being social creatures. Um, and uh, that's like, everyone needs that. Right. And so four lines are like the social glue, the social foundation, um, for people. Like I have a, a, like a friend who is, who's a four, six and like, she's 
so amazing at understanding friendships in like a whole new way. I'm like, damn, like this is like her magic and her medicine is to share about that. So like Shay as a two, four, it's like the hermit or, or the natural and the four, uh, which is like the networker, the opportunist, the social connector. So it's like, sometimes you might feel like a lone wolf who moves in a pack, you know, it's like leave you alone, but also, oh my God, I love you guys. And like, let's be together. Okay. Now I need to go be alone. All right. Hi. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about, you know, it's always felt like such a conflict for me. Um, Cause I definitely resonate with that hermit energy. I have to fill my own cup up, but then I am such a relationships person. Like I've always said, I built my whole business on relationships and I've always felt like I just, that's like a high intelligence I have. So it is hot. It's weird to like, feel this. I do feel that strong call to like being social and nurturing relationships, but then also I'll get too far in one side and I'll be like, wait a second. I need to go hide in my room for a few days. So I, you know, again, this is also validating. I have never heard anyone say it to me like this before. And it's interesting because there's the two playing together, Mariah's and mine, which is a whole nother dynamic. It, it, I just love this. I feel like I could talk about this all day. So we have, we've done one, two, three, four, and we have five and six. Is that right? Yes. So those are the last two numbers. So if you got a five and your profile, you are like, this is, I feel like the most complex number. Um, and so I'll use real life examples because it makes the most sense. So line five is called the heretic. So it's kind of like this Joan of Arc energy, kind of similar to like the martyr. So again, I like to throw that out, but the five, I like give a couple names to. It's kind of like the messenger, the troubleshooter, um, the natural leader. Number five, the line five is all about, um, the projection field so this this kind of place where like you have this message you have to share by like being yourself that's core to you but depending on where other people are and about that message people will project onto you um like whatever whatever they're feeling and also you're a natural troubleshooter you see problems in the world and you want to solve them basically um and that that's like what makes you a natural leader and like oh like this is a problem like i've got a message to share about this and this is how we can solve that so examples i like to use for this are like kim kardashian and taylor swift so both of them have five lines in their profile and they're both like these mega figures and they both get such visceral, visceral reactions out of people like, oh, I hate Taylor Swift. Oh my God, I love her. Or like, oh, Kim Kardashian like ruined America. Oh my God, Kim Kardashian is a radical business mogul. Like people just be saying all sorts of things, right? I feel like Kim K is like emanating this message of like, you can monetize freaking anything. Uh, and, and Taylor Swift is like emanating this message of like, artists should own their music and you know, women should be able to express their emotions without being a slut shame, like all these kind of things, right? But depending on how people feel about them, they're going to see what they want to see, right? And so this is like the five line is separating yourself from what other people are projecting onto you. Um, and being strong in your message and obviously receiving constructive criticism and, and feedback to grow and stuff, but not all the feedback you're receiving is probably constructive. And also being mindful of that um, as you be yourself. So that is the five line. 
Wonderful. And I know we are asking so much of you. Can we just get a quickie on six and then we'll yes. <laughs> absolutely. So the six line. So this is me. I'm a six two profile. If you are a six between the ages of zero and 30, aka if you're before your Saturn return or um, so if you're before your Saturn return, so probably even before 28. You're, you're operating as a three line, just like more sensitive. So like you're the scientist. So trial and error, experimenting in life, like learning and building a wealth of experience. You're just like more sensitive than the three line is. Like the three line is kind of more like, ah, shit, I fucked up again. Okay. All right. Picking it back up. Let's keep going. Right. Six line is like, oh shit, I fucked up again. Like, okay. Can I keep going? Um, we're like, this crazy thing's happening. What is even happening? Uh, energy. Oh. And then, um, during your Saturn return, you're climbing up the roof metaphorically. So what's happening is you're transitioning into the second phase of life, which is approximately from 30 to 50. And this is where you are here to detach a little bit. Instead of being in the thick of it, like I described a three line, you're really here to like have a bird's eye view, gain a higher perspective. Okay, what is going on? What the heck even happened in my life? And really processing that, integrating that, um, cultivating wisdom over time. And then approximately at age 50, you metaphorically come down off the roof and you become a role model. Oh yeah, six lines name is role model. And you basically embody the wisdom that you've lived and you're here to teach, not by like teaching necessarily, but like being yourself, like emanating your lesson. I think a really uh, obvious example of a six line is Barack Obama. Like no matter how someone feels about him politically, you can see like, um, living his life, young senator in his 30s, and then uh, runs for president in the second phase of life, is, you know, emanating what he's learned, like, uh, sharing his wisdom, and, like, post his presidency, he's, like, written books, he has a podcast, he's just, like, here's everything I learned, like, here are my insights, uh, hear ye, hear ye, um, and so that's an example of a, of a six line in real life. Wow. These examples from celebrities, like usually I don't find celebrities very fascinating until you use them as examples <laughs> during this. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. well, I, I struggle too with, um, I can hear it, but I'm such like a visual and a story person that when you personify it with a person, I'm like, that's when it gels for me. That's when I'm mm -hmm. like, uh, I can remember, you know, um, Gary Vee is a projector like me and that that's how yeah. it all, I don't know, that helps me. And I've not heard a lot of people pull it all together in the way that you do. I have learned like I mean, I have human design books and I've been on many, many a binge, but like the way you talk about all of this and how you make it, it's just really grounded and easy to understand. I really appreciate you being so generous with us. I know you even have a bit of a sore throat. So thank you. Like this was way beyond my expectations. Um, wow. Um, so if people don't know what their chart is, do you have a suggestion on where they can go to kind of look at their chart to find out their type, their profile, and then maybe take a look at like if their centers are defined or undefined? Mm -hmm. 
I feel like where I started learning, um, and it's totally free is mybodygraph.com. They do have some paid features, but honestly, you can see like the not self theme, the self, the, your type, you can get, you can click on different things and read a little bit about it. Um, so that's mybodygraph.com. Pretty great place to pull up your chart, pull up client charts, all the things. Um, and then if you want to learn more, I have a free human design library where you can learn about all the types. Like there's like these 40 minute audios because y'all can hear here. I love to talk blah, 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 blah all day long. Um, and so it's like basically five hours of me and my friend interviewed me so I can respond um, about all of the types, all the strategies, all the authority. There's like, and if you're more of a visual person, there's a PDF um, document in there with all the type strategy authority. Like that's a great place to start um, learning all about it. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I can't wait to sign up for that as soon as we hop off of this yeah. call. Yeah. And tell us more about how people, you know, Mariah and I have kind of hinted, you've brought up, you know, like the idea of using this with your clients. What, how else can people work with you? You have several offerings of, I, I know you have your of fucking course, which is so great. Um, and tell us about, you know, how else people can work with you. Yes. So one of my favorite ways to work with people is like long-term one-on-one coaching. So like three months or six months or even longer. And it's not from this place of like dependency, like stay with me. I just like, for example, I've been working with my therapist for five years because she can, she works so much magic with me. Um, bless you. And there's a lot of, um, amazing insights. So I really love like long-term coaching because, in that space, like what I'm really passionate about is business as a vehicle for healing, business as a vehicle for creating change. So I feel like I'm like an inner work coach for business owners. So it's not as much about like the business strategy, though that kind of comes up naturally with like your human design strategy and magic. What I really love to do is, so I'm certified life coach, hypnotherapist, EFT, like all the things. And I like to blend it all together with human design, with astrology to really help people create transformation over time. And so through, I think, one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's a lot of like seeing what comes up, what's coming up, what phase of your life is here, what themes are emerging and really like working together. Um, and, and it doesn't like to create transformation. Yes. Um, and it's really to create like deeper alignment, a lot of like joy, like I feel like stepping into like main character energy in your life, like just being in command of your reality or in command of like where you're headed. And in astrology, your first house is you and it's called the helm. So it's like the helm of your ship, like steering your ship. So that's like my one-on-one -on -one coaching, blah, blah, blah. Um, I also have my human design and astrology course. Um, so this is like, if you want to learn how to do human design, astrology, and work with your clients with both of that, uh, both of those modalities, that's what that is for. Um, I am currently running like the, the first round of it ever and I'm learning so much and like just running this program I really love teaching a lot um, and so yeah it's like this group it's like a mixture of a group program and a course where you like it's cohort style you really connect with your fellow classmates you you're like homework is often to read for each other um, and we kind of go deeper into all the things like human design astrology um, and you do get a certification at the end like you have to do three readings for people before you can like 
graduate. And so it's been like a learning journey, a six line in her third line phase, like really experimenting and also teaching. Um, and that seems to come naturally to me. Shout out to my second line. Uh, and also other ways to work with me. I also have just like single session. So if you just want to work with me, like get your chart read, look at your astrology um, and just get like a taste of what it's like to work with me or just dive deep for um, like 75 minutes. I also have that available. Oh my God, perfect. Is that all of that on your website? So we can add a link to that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. All of that is on my website. Okay, perfect. I just, I have one more question. So this is a question that we ask every single guest on our podcast. So Neha, what has been sparking your curiosity lately? Ooh, what has been sparking my curiosity lately? So right now we're recording this in December and December, even though I love things about December, it seems to be my least favorite month because every single year I'm just like, ah, hermit mode in December. Um, and so just like, and also probably like seasonal depression, I'm like, oh my gosh, why is, why is it so gloomy out? Um, and so with that kind of holding myself in the, in these feelings, I have been really curious about like where I'm headed next year in a new way. Like I, it's not that what I haven't been doing isn't working. It's just like, I really want to approach business differently. I want to approach like my life differently. And I think that's, that's the natural ebb and flow of emotions, right? Like these low periods have a purpose. And for me, I feel like this low period I'm in is like really creating a lot of space for me to reflect on where I'm going next and what's really exciting me. So I feel like there's something percolating. Like, I don't know. I feel like I want to do something radical in my business. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm very curious about it. <laughs> oh my God. Are we like triplets? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jay been talking about this too. Like there's something really, and uh, people say this every year and it sounds cheesy as hell, but like there really is something magical coming mm -hmm. for people that are at this phase that I think a lot of us and like the gases that we tend to magnetize towards us, like I think that we're all at this very similar phase and like 2022 just feels like extra like magical yet malleable. Right. Can I actually astrologically tell you why? So uh, yes. Today. So today is December 28th and today Jupiter moves into Pisces. Um, and so Jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system is the greater benefic, aka like a good bringer, um, expansion, luck. Because if, if, you know, your target is bigger, you have a more shot of hitting your target is basically how that works. Um, and all of that. And so for the last couple years, Jupiter has been in these Saturn ruled signs, really like expanding, like separation, constriction, um, disconnection like not just disconnection but like kind of more like gritty themes like Saturn constrictive themes so Jupiter is finally coming home into Pisces today um until May and we actually had a sneak preview of that in May of this year from May to July um 
And so now Jupiter's moving into Pisces again. So Jupiter's kind of feeling more, this is like a funny word to use, but is what, what we use in astrology. It's feeling like more wet because Saturn is really dry. And so as it comes into Pisces, there's like this, this um, kind of more uh, warmth, more um, like wetness, more malleability, like Pisces is a water sign. Pisces is um, a mutable sign, meaning it's very changeable. And so, and it's also really like spiritual sign. And so putting all these pieces together, it's like when you follow your intuition, there can be a lot of expansion, especially if you lean into like generosity, both like for yourself and others. And like, um, yeah, what I would give advice is just use discernment as Jupiter moves into Pisces, because Pisces, Jupiter will also be joining Neptune, which is going to just confuse us, the hell out of us, probably like around April, and and there's a lot of like good intuitive expansion available for us here as well. I think like a lot of spiritual stuff, like, and, and there's been a rise of it, just because I feel like people have needed it, but there's going to be probably a rise of more spirituality in the mainstream next year. Ooh, I like that mic drop. Like, mm -hmm. what a mic drop to end to end <laughs> the episode. That was juicy. I like that. Yes. All right, cool. I think that we're gonna go ahead and close this one down. Uh, if you guys listening liked this episode, feel free to share it with somebody that you think would love it, or share it on social media. You know, this is episode twelve, so we're still a little a little new in the podcast world. So you guys sharing or even popping over and giving us a five star review literally means so much to us. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions for me or Shay or even Neha, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram, reach out. We love hearing your thoughts. And in the spirit of planning for a moisturized and nourished 2022, um, Mariah and I are hosting a workshop late January all around what Neha just brought up, which is so cool. We're calling it a different way to plan for the year. Um, Mariah and I are both strategists and we're kind of starting to rebel against the idea of goal setting in general. <laughs> and so we have um, come up with kind of a playful and fun workshop to really we're all kind of feeling this energy like 2022 is going to be a year for growth and um, I'm really excited about it. And yeah, so if you're interested in joining the workshop and hearing more, you know, follow us on social media. We've actually put out um, some journal prompts that you can kind of work through until then that we use to reflect on the past year and um, vision cast and project out to the new year. So we'll link to those journal prompts in the show notes. And then we'll also link to um, a sign up for the workshop when all that info goes up. Um, we so appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the love notes we've been receiving from everybody. It really keeps us going and inspires us. So yes, please share with your friends, like Mariah said. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the fuck you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.